even in spite of Jeff Braun told me that I could preach until 1250. I want you guys to set your clock, set your watch to go off at 1150. I promised last week, because I went kind of super long last week, that I would be done early this week. And so when the alarms start going off, I'll quit if I haven't, all right? You can't throw anything, but you can set your alarm, all right? You know, thank you for that special. And can, can I tell you that all, all the things that, that we teach and, and preach and, and uh, praise the Lord for that. I always want this, I always want the, the ministry here at Platte Valley to always be built on the preaching of God's word. Uh, it's, it's the preaching that God has proclaimed and commanded us to do. It's the preaching of his word that changes people's lives. It's what God uses to uh, change people. And as I was, as we were singing that, that song, What a Day, uh, can I tell you, there is all the things that we learn in the scripture are vital. Most important thing is knowing that you're on your way to heaven. I, I don't, and I'm not here, look, I'm not here to condemn anyone. I'm not here to make fun of whatever you've been taught in the past. I, I don't, honestly, I don't care about any of that. I just want you to know that when, when you understand that you are a sinner, and we all sin and come short of the glory of God, there is no one any better than anybody else. And I also want you to know that the ground is level at the cross, and it, and it doesn't matter what you have done to think that, that there's no way that you can deserve or receive God's grace, well, we're all in that same boat. And so don't think that about yourself either. But you do need to come to the realization that we battle sin in our lives, and when we sin, we trespass the holy commands of God, and we trespass the very character of God's holiness and righteousness. And so because of that, you cannot enter into heaven on your own because you're a sinner and you have that sin in your life and and we all do and we need to deal with that well god paved the way and there is one way one way to heaven and god says it is a narrow way you know people want to tell us that there are many different paths to different heavens or whatever heaven can i tell you that that god's word states and we do believe what god's word says there is one way to heaven, and it's through Jesus. And you ask yourself, what does he mean by through Jesus? Well, Jesus knew and understood what the condition was going to be of this world because of the curse that was going to be put upon it when Adam chose to sin. And he cursed the world when he did that, and so we are all cursed because of Adam with that sin nature. And so before that was ever created, God had already made the plan and was going to fulfill that plan through Jesus. And when Jesus came and lived here on earth for those 33 years, at the end of that, he went to that cross and he died. And he went to that cross and he died for the sins of the world. That's everyone. Everyone that's ever been born, that ever will be born, Jesus Christ died for their sins. And then he showed us that he was God by Having been buried, he rose again that third day, and then 50 days later, he, he ascended into heaven, and the eyewitnesses watched him do that, and showing us that he was God, and in doing so, 
showed us that he had taken the wrath of God for the sins of the world. But then he tells us that there's one thing that we must do. By faith, we need to trust in what Jesus Christ has done and accept what he has done and trust in that that he has done for us. That's it. Our faith, our trust, our belief, and resting in what Jesus Christ has done, Jesus says, I will save you. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Isn't that good? I mean, it's powerful to think that, that God in his grace and his mercy would do that even for me. And he did. And years ago, I accepted that gift, and I called on Jesus, and I trusted him as my Savior, and then later, I publicly proclaimed that to the world to see when I followed the Lord in baptism, letting people know that I am a disciple and a follower of Jesus. Do I still fail along the way? Yep. But by God's grace, I am forgiven, and God has restored me and given me eternal life. Look, I, like I said, I'm not against you, but I sure want you to know that you're on your way to heaven because there is nothing more important than knowing that. And we don't know how much time we have. And believe me that eternity is a long time. And you don't want to be wrong. And you don't want to wonder whether you know or not. Make certain of it. Just make certain of your salvation. And, and if you need help with that, hey, I am here to help. Any one of these ushers, our deacons, Sunday school teachers, you catch any of them. And your neighbor, just lean over to them and ask them, so what, what, what do I need to do? And they'll help you. And if they can't help you, then they'll get somebody that can help you. And, and we'll, uh, it, but it is simple. Salvation is simple. And it's for all of us. And, and I am truly grateful that the ground is leveled at the cross for all of us. A lot of confusion about things. And I, I was thinking about this message today. I got to hurry, but I, I was, uh, you know, thinking about, you know, last week we, we looked at, the, at, at the, the worldly mind, the reprobate mind, more or less, and, and the worldly mind of what we're dealing with in our culture. And, and today I, I want us to, uh, in, in dealing with confusion, I want us to see three aspects of a godly sound mind uh, that we are supposed to have even in a world of confusion. And, you know, the, every generation I'm sure has dealt with uh, uh, different aspects of this. I'm, I'm already getting hot, so this is coming off. But, um, and John takes a real man to wear pink. <laughs> and I also want to say, Jeff Ford, sitting back there, wake up, all right? So I saw you singing Trust and Obey. Thank you for leading the way all the way back there in the, in the expensive seats. I appreciate you doing that. So uh, I don't know if you guys knew this or not. For those who are new, when we build that new building, you have to buy your seat. The front row is $5 a seat. The back row is $3,500 a seat. So as you come this way, they're cheaper, okay? So I'm just saying, you know, so uh, anyway. No, but hey, I appreciate you singing back there. And, and, I, and I knew he was singing because he's tall like I am and I could see him. And so... Randy, I have no idea whether he was singing or not. And so, <clears throat> but the confusion, I, I, I was giving thought, think about the 1800s, and I don't, I don't want to spend much time here, but it's, it's interesting to me, and I should go back and, 
and, and read more of this, but it, it was in the 1800s that, that we started dealing with several different versions of the Bible. I, I found before that, the, uh, the English-speaking people used the King James Bible since 1611, 1672. I mean, it was the King James. You get into the 1800s, you started having a battle over the different versions of the Bible. You started having the, 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 the battles more so with, with the liberal theology in the 1800s dealing with uh, uh, the, the whole foundation and, and premise that the Bible is the Word of God. You had, uh, you had the formation of all of the cults. You had in the 1800s is the, the birth of Mormons, the, the birth of uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, Seventh-day Adventists, um, the uh, Christian science, um, there were probably more, but all of those were in the 1800s. You had, it was in the 1800s that you had the Pentecostal movement come into existence where uh, you see that that broke off of the Methodist church and the Nazarene church then became a denomination. They, they broke off of the, the Methodist church in the 1800s. The, the, the uh, Church of Christ was a break off of the Baptist uh, movement, and so that was in the 1800s. And then at the end, coming to the end of the 1800s, you had the Civil War. I mean, the 1800s were, especially the mid to, to around 1820, all the way through the 1875 or so, you had, there was a lot of chaos in, that, in our country during that time. And then you get into the 1900s, and then you had World War One, and and then you had World War II, and then all of the other uh, um, conflicts, you might call them, or wars, whatever we want to call them. But we, we've had a lot of that. You hit the 60s, and, and you had the sexual revolution that, that was taking over. And then we, we get into the, the 2000s. Do you guys remember, uh, what did they call uh, year 2000? Remember Y2K? Yeah, remember that? Everybody had to unplug your computers, you know, because the whole world was going to crash, you know. And, uh, and, and I just sat at home, ate a bologna sandwich, and saw, what, you know, let's see what fun's going to happen. I ate computers still today. And so I'm, I'm one guy that can actually live without it. And so still handwrite my messages. And if you're ever here and there's a fire, there's a big file cabinet in my office. Save it. I don't care about anything else. But please, drag that file cabinet out, all right? And so my entire life is in that file cabinet. And somebody said you need to digital, digitalize it or whatever. Yeah, okay. Uh, I, type, I type like this, Carrie, you know? And so, yeah, another three lifetimes to get that done. And so, but all the chaos. And, and then we get into the, you know, that, and, and it seems like, and, and I guess we make it a point, but maybe it shouldn't be. But it, it seems like since COVID, we have had just a, a, a mental breakdown in, in, in the wokeness of America and, and the, 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 uh, the liberal ideas, the, the extremist ideas of sexuality and the, the extremist ideas of, of even uh, 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 politics and, and those kinds of things. And and, and I know that, that we're in a time that I'm sure that every generation has, has dealt with their own confusion because Satan knows, he, he knows uh, human nature well enough and been around definitely long enough with uh, interacting with human beings. He knows what works, and so why change up when it still works today? 
And so he is doing that. And so we have the pressures of the reprobate mind, and that will always be prevalent in our society. And, and the confusion that it breeds will always be challenging. And, and the godless will always seem to have the megaphone and, and always be given liberty to, to spew its immoral ideas. And however, in all of this, God has still commanded us as his children, if you know Christ as your Savior, you are then a child of God. You have been adopted into the family of God. And so because of that, he tells us and commands us to have what he calls a sound mind. Now, I, I, I don't know about other animals, but when, when you go to buy a horse, and you're talking about a horse, you will, uh, Dan has horses, and uh, I would go to Dan, and I'd ask Dan, you know, hey, I'm looking at this little filly, and is she sound? Is she healthy? Is there, are there any problems, you know, uh, is her, is, are her feet good and, and her legs good and, and uh, is she healthy and, and uh, uh, you know, is she sound-minded too, you know. Uh, we, we had a horse one time. She was not sound-minded. I, I was with Gary Norris. We went to this auction. This was years ago and we lived right over here and, and I bought this little filly and she was a uh, she was a, a weanling, so she wasn't very old, and I paid 400 bucks for her, and she was beautiful. I mean, she is all colorful. I told Gary, I said, the only way, I should have never said this, the only way I can ever lose money on her is if she dies. I just foreshadowed what happened, you know? and I hadn't had her a week. We had her in a run. I mean, we have her in a nice run. It's all safe, and I got Metal, I, I mean, it's, it's pipe corrals. I mean, it's as good as it can be. And, and it's Tyler's fault. And so Tyler comes, he's on another horse. And he comes riding by, the, the, by the, the run, scares that filly, and she, on a 50-mile-an-hour run, runs right into that pipe fence and breaks her neck and kills her. Just like that. And... and I just, and I want you to know, and we were, we were really, we prided ourselves in taking crazy things and calming them down, you know, and, and our kids could make pets out of everything, you know, we had, we had Bunyan the steer, you know, we call him John Bunyan, and we would, had him tamed down, we couldn't tame the pig very well, so we didn't, we got rid of her, but, you know, ducks, chickens, goats, you know, everything was a pet, and, and, uh, but that horse was just not sound, and, and she ended up making a terrible decision and ended up killing herself doing something really crazy. Well, sometimes that's what we feel like our society is. Our society is just running crazy right now and, and not making any kind of sound decisions. And, and can I tell you whether, and, and the world does not want to hear this and the world wants to deny this, but the world needs us as God-fearing, Bible-believing believers to have a sound mind in a chaotic world. And God is commanding us to do that. And so what are the commands? Well, let's, let, and, and, or three aspects of this sound mind. First of all, turn to Romans 1. We looked at this last week, and I really have to hurry now. So first of all, our minds need to be transformed. I mean, it has to be a complete change of, of who we are and what we think. And, and in Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. 
Can I tell you, everybody sitting here, if you know Christ is your Savior, as I started this out today, I gave the gospel of Christ to everyone sitting here. I pray and hope that everybody sitting here at some point in time has trusted in the gospel of Christ. It's the power unto salvation. That's what saves you. When you place your faith in that saving work of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection, that is the gospel. Place your faith in that. It is the power of God unto salvation. And it's to everyone, Jew first and to the Gentile. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. And we who are justified by faith will live. God promises that. And so here we need to understand that it's the gospel that transforms us because it is his power that does it. You go on further over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And and in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, here it tells us that makes us a new creature in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, if you've trusted Christ, you are in Christ. He is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Everything about you, your, your mind is going to be different. Your heart's motives are going to be different. Your way of life is going to be different because now you don't have to live for the, the here and the now and, and thinking that your, your identity is only in what the world wants to, to define you as, but now your identity is as a child of God and, and you're living for something different. You are living for Him and so you are in Christ and old things are passed away. Those things that you used to be, you don't do them anymore. Why? Because your whole attitude has changed. Your whole heart's desires are changed. And, and you're wanting to do the things that God shows you are holy and right and good. And, and, you're, and you don't have the evil thoughts. And, and you're, you're not walking the evil way. And, and you're not dependent upon the things of the world. But you're truly depending on God and his leadership and authority in your life. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Oh, we, we have a world that, that what they're fighting for is something that has been sent through all the ages. And it doesn't change. And, and it never brings satisfaction. And it never brings joy. And it never brings happiness. And it never has brought any kind of joy or happiness to them. All it does is bring delusions in their mind. And, and, and it brings them to a point where they're so desperate they just keep wanting more and more and more of what the world is trying to offer them. And and it's never going to fulfill them. But I'm telling you, whenever you trust Christ, you become a new creature, and, and it even changes the way that you think. Turn back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and here we see that when we believe the gospel, we trust the gospel, that he gives us uh, the mind of Christ. I mean, that's powerful when you think about it, and, and we can think as God thinks. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Can I tell you, he can give us a little bit of a description of heaven, but we have no idea of how truly good it really is. I don't think he wants us to, I don't think he gives us a great description of it because he doesn't want us just dwelling on what's coming we need to live now for God and and know that when we see it then we'll see that it's far greater than anything we could ever imagine but God hath revealed unto the uh, revealed them unto us by his spirit for the spirit searcheth all things yea the deep things of God 
For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Just changes our way of thinking, and now the Holy Spirit is showing us the things of God instead of living and and dwelling and, and letting the things of the world affect us and impact us the way that sometimes we let him let these things do so to us. Verse 16 of that same chapter, For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. You you see, what what we need to do is, when we start having some anxiety or, or we start panicking about things that are going on, we need to release that and understand, hey, I'm a child of God, I know my my home is in heaven. I know that my place is reserved there. And so, Lord, you got to help me with my thinking here. And I need to think like you do. And I really need to love people like you do, God, Father, and, and help me with that. And 2 Corinthians chapter 10, I, I know I'm turning a lot, but i got to hurry. And, and so I want to be a man of my word. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Well, I'm telling you, whenever we trust Christ as our Savior, then we need to allow God to do the thinking for us. We need to understand what the Bible says and, and, and be thinking as God would have us to think and know and understand that, that God has things under control and he has all the answers and we need to trust him. This is why he tells us also in Romans 8, 5, and 6, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. Absolutely, those that before we are, trust Christ as our Savior, the only thing we can, are concerned about is our flesh and the things that we want. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded, get this, is life and peace. I'm telling you, this world is chaotic. You know, that, that little wrestling tournament yesterday, those little kids running, running around, and it was fun. And I loved watching those little guys and all the chaos and the commotion and everything. But you know what? The, the, the devil wants your entire world to be like that. He wants your entire day to be like that, just stirring it up and, and keeping you all stirred up and, and keeping you mad or angry or, or keeping you depressed or keeping you anxious or, you know, whatever, whatever your issue is today. Oh, he's going to just keep stirring it and keeping the commotion going because as long as he can keep all that noise going and all that commotion going, then, then you're not going to focus on having the sound mind that God wants you to have and having a mind like Christ and And look, he commands us that we need to have the mind of Christ. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. That is a command for every believer. Have the mind of Christ. Well, secondly, so first we need to see that our minds need to be transformed. Secondly, we need sober thinking. By that, when when you think about being sober, then you you understand that you're clear-minded and you're not being... Um, distracted and you're not being led by something else and so you're sober-minded in first timothy chapter 2 look at this it says about about young ladies it says in like manner also that 
Women adorned themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety. Not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array. And, and, and so in this, be, be represented by having a sober mind thinking about the things of God. He also goes on, tells us as pastors, chapter 3, verse 2, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy of filthy lucre, but patient, not a... Uh, verse 2, a bishop then must be blameless, uh, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, and the rest of the things that I just read too. He needs to be sober-minded in his thinking. And, and, and this word sober, here's some definitions of, of, of the soberness that he's talking about. Moderation, reasonable judgment, good judgment, sobriety, self-control, decency, chastity, discipline, sound, healthy, and prudent. All of those are things that, that represent a sound mind. That the world is chaotic, and, and, people, and, and I say it all the time, it's like the world's lost their mind, and, and well, maybe they have, but it doesn't give us any reason to lose ours. We need to have a sound mind, a healthy mind, thinking about the things that, that God would have us to think about. Over in Titus, it says about old men and young men. Titus uh, uh, chapter 2, verse 2, that the aged men be sober. Tells us in verse 6, young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded. I mean, we're all to be sober-minded. And then what does Paul tell Timothy right before he dies in, in 2 Timothy chapter 1? And he tells him this in verse 7, and Paul's the one that's getting ready to die and, and, and give his life for his faith. And here he is telling Timothy not to have the spirit of fear. He says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Boy, I'm telling you that, that can I tell you that when you, are, when, when you are letting fear direct your life, you are not healthy thinking. Now, there are times when it's good to have fear, okay? Years ago, Cody and I used to help at the Brush Rodeo. I've used this example before, and Edgar Wilson was the contractor, and he'd bring all these you know, animals in for the rodeo, and we'd go over there and help, and we would move them around in the, in the pens in the back, and we'd run them into the chutes. I mean, it was a hoot. We had a great time, especially when Cody got chased by the mad bull. That was a hoot, uh, watching him outrun the bull. But there was one time that he had this big old red Brema bull, and and he was a bad attitude, you know, and, and, and we had to move him out, and, and Edgar was an old World War II vet and just wasn't scared of anything, you know. He would sit around, he'd always have a cigarette in his, in his hand, but he never smoked it, he'd just chew on it. And, and you know, he'd chew on a cigarette, you know, and get in there and move up, you know, and so I, well, you know, all right. So I jump in this pen, and, and I'm on one side of the pen, that bull's on the other side of the pen, I'm, ha, yeah, you know, get out of here. And he looks at me, and his head's, you know, you guys that have cows, you know, when their head goes straight up and their ears and their tails going, yeah, well, here he comes on a dead run. Now, I could say, God, you haven't given me the spirit of fear, and I'm going to stand here. And then I'd have been freight trained. You know what I did? I screamed like a girl and jumped the fence. <laughs> and I did. And I did both. I screamed and I jumped. And long legs have a great advantage. Covered it in one jump. You know? So there are times to be afraid, but so often it's our vain imaginations that we become afraid of. 
And it's things that we have no control over. And it's things that, that the devil is throwing at you or, or your own flesh is throwing at you or, 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 or the, the, the world is throwing at you and, and, and you are wringing your hands over something you have no control over and you are letting that fear control you and God is saying, I have not given you that spirit of fear. I've given you the spirit of power. I've given you the spirit of love and, and I've given you the spirit of a sound, healthy mind and way of thinking boy it's powerful isn't it i when i when i got this all written out this week and and for those of you who are in connections i had written a bunch of my thoughts in my inspired notebook and so that's an inspired little notebook i'll show everybody that inspired notebook sometime but wrote it down in there and this week i was finally getting all those thoughts in order and i'm like thank you lord i need this i mean, I, I need to have the sober thinking with all of the challenges that, that are going on. And, and hey, praise the Lord, if, if everybody shows up here at one time, we're packed out. Well over 400 people uh, in, this, in this building. And, and, uh, and, and I think about all the, the different issues that everybody has. Everybody has different issues. Everybody's thinking about different things. I mean, that's just the way it is. And and, and praise the Lord for that, and, and many of you share them with me, and praise the Lord for that. But I'm telling you that if I think that I can control these things, and, and that I can help you with these things, or, or if I step, stop listen, uh, start listening to all these things, and then start listening to my own little voices, and think, man, you are nothing, pal, and you can't control any of this, and you look at all these things, man, this world is really a mess, and I could go hide in my, in my office, and shut the lights off, and get under my desk, and never come out. But you know what you got to do is you got to have sober thinking, knowing that God has things under control. And, and nothing changes for us as believers in the, the issues that we need to deal with. And so last thing, 1 Peter chapter 1. We need to equip our minds. We need to prepare. And, and, and interesting choice of words here that is used in 1 Peter 1.13. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, Hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Since I'm on animals and rodeos and stuff, I'll just stay with that. You guys ever, how many of you watch rodeos? So, so most of you are at least somewhat aware of them. You, you watch a cowboy when, when uh, especially on your, your bareback riders and, and your uh, saddle bronc riders, you'll watch them get in the chute and they'll get on the horse and, and they have their shaps on, right? Well, one of the things they do, they want to get those shafts out of the way so that the judges can see their feet because when the horse comes out, they have to have their feet up on a certain place on the horse's neck uh, or, or they don't to score on the horse or otherwise they're disqualified. And they don't want the judge to not be able to see their feet when they do that. So you'll see them, they'll lean back, right? And you'll see them, they'll throw those shafts out of the way so that they're out of the way and they can see what's going on. Well, that's exactly what he's talking about here. Back in the day, they would, they would take their, their coat or their, uh, whatever they were wearing or the, 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 the robe that they had on, and they would pull it up, and they would, they would have a belt, and they'd pull it up, and they'd tie it up so that they could move, and they weren't going to get tangled in it, or otherwise you're fighting, and you could trip over it, or whatever else. It needed to get out of the way, right? Well, that's just exactly the picture that he's showing here. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. You need to be ready and prepared for the battle that's coming. So prepare your mind. And then the last thing, chapter 4, 
verse 1, For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that has suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin. The mind of Christ is exactly what it is that we ought to have. So I'm going to ask you a question. How many of you need to work on this? Boy, isn't it a challenge. But here's the thing. God commands us. These are commands that he's given us. That we need to have this kind of thinking. So if he's commanding us, then he will equip you. And he has. So what's our excuse? Disobedience. Faithlessness. Complacency. I don't know. Maybe you just think your Goliath is too big for God who created all. No. You see, God wants us to have a sober mind. So let's have a sober mind. First of all, because God wants us to have that, it will give us peace in our own lives. And thirdly, because this world needs us to have a sober mind and think godly. Let us be the example that God wants us to be. Let's pray. Father, I do thank you for your word. And I thank you, Lord, for the mind that you give us in Christ. Lord, it's something the world knows nothing about. And sadly, Father, I think that so often we don't know enough about it ourselves. And so I pray that you will help us to have the sober mind that you want us to have. Let it be healthy and, and powerful in following you, walking with you. Lord, whatever needs to be done today in someone's heart, I pray that they settle it today. We give them one more opportunity as we sing to settle those things. And so, Father, if they need that time, I pray that they will settle things with you and call on you to be their savior if there's something as a believer they need to throw down and leave it at the altar let them cast it upon you and walk out of here clear of it whatever needs to be done i pray that you do a work in the hearts of each one who's here in jesus name amen